0: Hello, this is Eric Schultz for Jersey Arts, the podcast. I recently visited comic artist, painter, illustrator, and author Dave DeVries at his Bud Lake, New Jersey home. Dave has worked for Universal Studios, Marvel Comics, and many other major companies. George Lucas noticed his work and asked him to create a painting of Princess Leia, which now hangs in his California Skywalker ranch. I began our conversation by asking him about a life-changing inspiration he had back in 1998. Dave, you had an idea that blossomed into your website, Monster Engine, Mm -hmm. which has gone viral Mm -hmm. with more than 17 million hits. Is that correct? Um, Well, that was actually the first month. That it launched. Oh, 17 million in one month. Yeah. And it's been going for six years now.
1: It's been going for six years. And basically, uh, the website um, uh, for the Monster Engine is is an art project. So I'll just backtrack there. The website for the Monster Engine is an an art project where I take children's drawings and I transfer them to uh, either illustration board or canvas. And then I paint them so that they look three-dimensional, lushly kind of rendered uh, illustrations of children's drawings
0: and what was the uh, beginning what gave you this idea in the first place um, I
1: actually was at the Jersey Shore uh, Berkeley Beach to be exact which is right uh, near Island Beach State Park and I went there every year and I have nieces and nephews um, who were at the time were very young maybe like six uh, five and uh, my niece had grabbed my sketchbook and if you get really protective of your sketchbook. It's kind of like a little private world. And um, I didn't want her to draw in it because kids have a tendency to carve their drawings into into the paper. So for the next, like, 20 pages, I have to look at her drawing. Mm -hmm. And so I was kind of, like, bummed because I had been in the water. And I came out, and there's my sketchbook, and I see her carving a drawing into it. And I was like, Jessica, who Jessica is now, she's she's in college right now. And uh, she... uh, She was just like, hey, I drew a picture. So I was like, great. So I looked at it, and that's when the idea hit me. I was just looking at it, going, you know, I draw all these comics, these weird creatures for, you know, Universal Studios and Marvel Comics and DC Comics. And I don't have any reference most of the time. So I'm making all this stuff up anyway from a line drawing, a little cartoon I flesh out into a big. You know painting so i started looking at going i wonder what that would look like that really it was the question it's like wonder what that would look like and then i stopped put it away and i forgot about it and about four months later um i was teaching at the joe kubert school which is a school of cartoon and graphic art in dover new jersey and um, my students who were there were really not interested in abstract art i i have a i'm a fan of abstract painting um and i you know What it is, it has a practical application within comic books, but they didn't, they couldn't see it, which is how do you draw something that doesn't exist? How do you paint something that doesn't exist? You can't look at it in a photo because if you do, people are going to say, oh, that's, I know what that photo, that's a, that's a, that's a city. I can see that, you know? So what you have to do is you have to make up stuff on the fly and you're using the same kind of instincts that you're using when you're painting abstract art. Because you're not looking at anything. So I couldn't get it across to him. I was like, how do I get you guys to see this? So I went home. I saw Jessica's drawing. And I was like, that's it. I'm going to paint a kid's drawing live right in front of them. I Brought it in that day. Painted it. they had Their jaws dropped. They were like, they couldn't believe that I took something from this simple little kid's drawing and turned it into this really kind of three-dimensional looking painting. Um, or a painting that looks, you know, like a, a you know, a character Um it's hard to describe, but um, the ba- the basic thing was, it, was it, it it did its job, and then from then on, the book kind of came from there.
0: The Book, the website, and also uh, you I go do. to classes now. And yes, do I this. do. I
1: do uh, lectures and demonstrations at colleges and elementary schools. There are two different kinds. You know, for the colleges, it's more you know um, you're you're teaching them to paint, whereas the ele- 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 elementary schools, it's kind of like you're just entertain- entertainment for the day. <laughs> um, but I inform them about illustration and a career, and you know, and the monster engine. We do. We have a lot of fun. They they come up and they paint with me. Um, so um, the book kind of stemmed from all the work that I was amassing over the years. And by the time it was like I would say about June 2005 is when I launched. Maybe a year before, I decided I'm going to do it. I'm doing a book. So I collected it. I did interviews. The um, tape recorded them. I transcribed them. And, um, and at that point, I, I, uh, I um, you know, put it all into uh, a print file and had it made. And, uh, and the books are hardbound. They're 48 pages. Um, I've done gallery shows with it. Um, and it's, a, it's, a, it's really kind of a cool thing to call up a kid and say, you know, your painting, you know, or uh, uh, your drawing sold. I, I put them side by side. So I have the drawing and the painting next to each other. And, oh, uh, do they get a cut of? The, they do. Uh, sale. They do. Oh, they do. Oh, yeah. Uh, believe me, it's it's. Uh, I wouldn't do it without that. How interesting. Um, so, so they get a check. So a little kid gets a check yeah. for their work, and um, their name is printed in the book. And um, uh, I'm going to be doing prints um, through a place called PrintPop.com in the next week, and they're going to get a third of each sale because it's a. They take a third. I take a third, and the child takes a third. What uh, is it about the child's drawing that? Uh speaks to you um it's because they're just uh they're kind of outlaws kids don't really if they if they were left to themselves they wouldn't follow any rules and when they're um what i love about uh the art classes uh, especially at the young ages um is it's the only place in the entire school system where they're the expert it is unequivocally Um, they, if they're drawing something, they tell you what it is. You can say, no, that doesn't look like it. And they'll defiantly tell you, no, that's what it is. And I think that is, um, very, very powerful. And I respond to that power in their drawings. Um, I know I'll never match it. I'm not out to outdo them. Um, I'm out to kind of collaborate and see what happens. And they're really just kind of like, um, these little experiments that that I, that I do, and what does that
0: uh, do for a
1: kid? Well, um, well, I can tell you just in general what the arts do. Um, I always consider, and, and it's really ironic because the arts are the first thing that gets cut. And it's, and I don't think people understand at the top levels what that means. Um, when you, if you, consistently cut the arts for the next one hundred years we would become a nation of, we wouldn't be innovators. We would slowly grind to a halt in terms of innovation. I'm, there'd still be innovation. There's always people who are innovative. But what happens at that young age is that people are, they're the experts. They are the outside the box thinkers. And it's the only place where they get you know validation for that. Everywhere else in school, got to have the number right. You got to write the sentence right. That's, you know, watch your spelling, um, science, everything. You have to follow a code. And it's there. It's it's free. And it's open. And it, it creates outside the box thinkers who, even if they don't go into the arts, I believe if you take away the arts, you are going to find that that type of, I'm going to do it because I know I can do it, is not demonstrated early
0: in life. Could you describe one of the, uh, one of your favorite kids paintings and how you try what happens when you add your uh
1: layer um the main thing that happens is well when i when i when i actually transfer the the drawing to the canvas um there is pretty much very few instances that i can see the result in my head so i'm literally following it's like following a wild animal i don't know where i'm going to wind up and um so what happens is it's a building process. I'm using all the the illustration skills that I have at my disposal, um, every knowledge of light and shadow, texture, um, atmospheric perspective, all the things that I I use in my illustrations. I use here. And, and you're and, painting with acrylics.
0: You're not I'm using pa- computers. You're, no, oh. no.
1: I, I I've I've uh, I use computers in my commercial work because it's just the demands of the time, you know. And there's, there's, there's no aftermarket. I'm not selling the pieces. So um, unless I'm doing a, like a painting of Spider-Man, I will actually go and do a painting of Spider-Man because um, I can sell that on in, in the aftermarket. Um, but there's no computers. It, the point that, it, that how I add my kind of thing is to, to a kid's drawing, my style to a kid's drawing, is simply by slow building. I build it up slowly, and as I see things, there might be a point where it wildly turns, you know, um, and you know. But but it's a but it's using all the. I always felt that the monster engine was a connection between that childhood lawlessness with the rules of um, technique that an illustrator works with. So that where they meet, it's a pretty exciting
0: place. And why is it in your in your mind that uh Kids are so fascinated by monsters. Mm -hmm. First of all, I think that
1: monsters represent a part of them. Uh, The monster is sort of an outcast. Um, It's not part of larger society. Children are part of society, but they have no power in it. So maybe on some level they identify with that. And there's also a lawlessness about monsters. They can do anything they want. There's a power thing, but there's a dark side to it too. And um, But monsters necessarily aren't evil or bad or scary. And there's funny monsters. Look at Sesame Street. And so I think kids like monsters because they can kind of bend them to their whims. See, I think I think a monster, there's really no, no such thing as a monster. My philosophy, and I did one painting, and it's downstairs I could show it to you, um, where There's Superman, there's Batman, there's this giant monster with a giant tongue and it's, you know, really, like, charging this little girl and an Easter bunny. And I always challenge people, I say, who's the monster in this painting? And uh, people point and say, that thing. And I'm like, no, and not the big guy. And and the Easter bunny, I'm like, no, that's Easter bunny. He's, you know, that's Easter bunny. Um, It's the little girl because she's got eggs She's got a belt with eggs, and she's got a, um, a detonator. She's trying to blow up the Easter Bunny. So it's, you know, she's going to blow it up with eggs. But it's still, it's the intent behind uh, a character that makes them a monster. So there are plenty of people walking around who are very, they look good. They look, they hide in plain sight. You? Probably, <laughs> You're a monster. probably. probably. <laughs> and, um, and I think that that's what makes a monster.
0: Well, what is the monster engine meant to you? What does it mean to me? Yes, um, in, your, in your career, and your well, it it seemed like almost an accident. You had this yeah, thought, yeah, it is, and it has blossomed into this enormous thing. It it's definitely an
1: accident, um, you know. Uh, to quote Bob Ross, a happy accident. But um, but yeah, it's it, it it's changed my life in the sense that uh, I've met so many people. My work as a comic artist. I definitely was able. Uh, my work as a comic artist was definitely. Um, I was able to meet a lot of people through conventions, and um, but this has such a, a different feeling to it. It speaks to more of a population than just comic art. You know, there's a lot of people that like comics, know about comics, but yeah, they don't really care about it. Um, but most people remember their childhood and remember they like creativity and. Not everybody, but a lot of people I've I've met—it's just been wonderful. All over the world, too. I mean, I'm getting emails from from Norway and Belgium and Germany and the UK and Australia and Singapore. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And what I love about it is it, it crosses language barriers. You know, it's because it's at the heart of who we are. We're all kids at heart. You know, why do you think we dance? It's the one sanctioned event or place where you can actually throw your arms around and jump around like a kid. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's part of who we are, and I think that's what, what's, what's changed is I've,
0: I've just been able to connect with so many cool people. Well, thank you, Dave DeVries. Thanks. You can see Dave DeVries' work with kids at his website, MonsterEngine.com. For more information about the arts in New Jersey, visit JerseyArts.com. Jersey Arts, the podcasts, are made possible by the New Jersey State Council on the Arts the New Jersey State Council on the Arts, encouraging excellence and public engagement in the arts since 1966. I'm Eric Schultz for Jersey Arts, the podcast. Thanks for listening.